Thank God it's Friday. You're listening to TGIF, the horror movie podcast that brings you all the casual conversations about your favourite or not so favourite horror movies with your host, me, Kat. This week I am joined by poet, horror lover and contributor for Manavellum, I hope I said that right, and film updates, the wonderful Taylor. Welcome to TGIF. Hi, thank you. (laughs) I'm so excited for for this movie. I am too. (laughs) (laughs) Why um because we were talking about what films to choose and you're like here's a here's an old one and here's this movie and little monsters which we're going to be talking about today and um why did you choose choose little monsters so i before the pandemic worked at an elementary school i'm like technically furloughed so i still have a job there but i'm i do work with kids and have for a while And I watched this movie during the pandemic, um, and it's what pushed me to apply to library school. Um, And my goal for the future now is to be a children's librarian, and I don't think I realized that until, like, how much I liked working with kids until watching this. Um, And just, like, having I think I watched it maybe a few months into the pandemic and I'd been out of my job for a few months and working with kids just like makes me feel better and yeah um they like I really there are problems with the movie but the main <laughs> movie is that like how to help kids get through scary situations and that like I was still working at school when COVID started so we had to like teach the kids what was happening and how to keep themselves safe and like what was really going on and it's hard to do that with kids and I really appreciated how this movie knew how to handle kids in um terrible situations um So the rest of the movie aside, it was more just like this kindergarten teacher who just teaches someone else how amazing kids are and that they are capable of understanding um, difficult things. You just have to teach it to them in different ways. Yeah, I love that because um, I during the pandemic, I also realized that I want to be a teacher. So <laughs> I applied for my master's in education. So I'm studying to be a teacher at the moment. And I'm I'm going to secondary school. So secondary school here is year seven to twelve, and mm. um, that's our high school. And I sometimes I follow so many teachers on TikTok, and they're like kindergarten teachers. And I was like, far out! Kindergarten kids are so much fun. <laughs> I would love to teach kindergarten because <laughs> they're just the Aww. things kids say and do crack me up. Like it's so beautiful and. It took until my sister had her own kids and, um, you know, I was spending a lot of time with my nieces that I realised how fantastic kids are. They're just, I love kids. And I used to be this person that's like, oh, no, I don't like kids. (laughs) I'm like, no, kids are awesome. They crack me up. Yeah, I used to be that way. I, like, fell into working in education because I went to school for theatre and wasn't able to get jobs and... My friend worked at this after school program, so I applied and then I worked there and I worked with preschoolers and they're just like, they cry and you can just, you have to work hard to get them to stop crying and to get them to trust you, but then they just love you. 
no matter what yeah. you do. You forget who you are, but yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Because uh, my nieces are four and seven. Their names are Lucy and Luna, and they're insane. Uh, they're both neurodivergent kids, but so they're they're a little bit harder to work with than neurotypical kids. But um, it's absolutely one hundred percent worth every moment because uh, Luna is incredibly intelligent. Um, she is on the autism spectrum and comorbidity of ADHD, so she's a little bit little bit more ND than Lucy and Lucy is ADHD so they're um they're a lot of work to keep entertained so but uh they they like spooky movies so they watch with me and um I'm just I'm I can do no wrong and it's just it's because of them that I was like I want to be a teacher like I want to I want to be life-changing <laughs> yeah really cool. yeah and you get to do that too with with books and that's just oh I find that so fascinating (laughs) yeah I knew I didn't want to be a teacher I do teach once a week when but I primarily like watch the kids before and after their like specialty after school classes and I like like hanging out with them more than I like teaching them but I do teach music classes so also Lupita plays her ukulele and like I do that with my students and um they love it and they love like watching music videos any like pop song they know really does grab their attention and I could tell like Lupita does these like she does all the like one two three eyes on me and she like I could clearly tell that whoever the person who wrote this like knew how to teach or has taught before because yeah it's yeah just has that whole he knows well I think it's a he I think Abe Forsyth I didn't really look into him and I should have because I'm now I'm curious was he a teacher or like does he know what he's doing when I first saw this I texted one of my friends who's also a teacher and she also loved the movie and I did look it up I don't think he was a teacher but he must have taught at some point because you just like learn how to teach young kids by doing no one like tells you how to do it oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I um I tutor two high school students and they couldn't be more different from one another and I teach them the same content and so one is like this incredibly enthusiastic kid he's in the chess club and film club and he's in the year eight drama ensemble and he loves school and hey Kat can you help me with all my essays and thank you so much for all your help and his cousin, who I also tutor, is very reserved and quiet and he plays sports and music. And, I, and so I've had to learn how both of them learn. And I'm just like, oh, wow, this is so much harder. Now I have to go and do this with classes of 30 kids at a time. <laughs> like, holy crap, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be um very uh, eye-opening, I think. <laughs> yeah kindergarten would be fun though Uh, my niece had a kindergarten teacher and he was a fill-in for her teacher who had gone to get married and my sister came to the school to pick her up and he was covered like head to toe in tattoos and I was just like oh those kids would have been so like fascinated by him and would just he would have total control of the room (laughs) oh yeah I would like sometimes I wear like 
fun colored lipstick and every time I wore lipstick or like any type of makeup to school they'd be like why are your lips purple (laughs) (laughs) they would ask me all day long because they forget them so quickly and they just don't understand um I have really quirky clothes that I'm looking forward to wearing, like quirky blouses with like, uh, they're like, I've got this bright blue blouse with like, like tigers on it and plants. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to own it. I'm going to own my weirdness. (laughs) Because I want those kids to be like, okay, Kat wears really quirky things and she's confident. I can do that too. And Mm -hmm. that's, I think that that's, I also don't want people to call me by my last name. Don't know if I'm allowed to do that, but... No, my school is considered a progressive school. I think it's like, I don't know if it's like a national thing in in the U.S., but our school, like, everyone goes by their first name. We don't use. That'd be so um, good. What are they called? Like, Mrs. and Mr. We don't do that. It's just first names. Um, A lot of the discipline is like, like, they don't have a lot of discipline and, um, most of the way that they learn is like through play like their classrooms have like jungle gyms in them and like different yeah like interactive things and like our program is very interactive which is cool I don't think schools are like that because the other schools I worked at still I had to go by Miss Taylor but um yeah I I don't want to be I don't want to use my last name (laughs) It's just, I want to be equal. I mean, if you have to say Miss, you can call me Miss Cat. That's totally fine. If it's like, a, you know, the school won't bend on that. Because I just, oh, there's nothing worse than putting myself above people in like a respect situation that I haven't earned. And I have a real big problem with it. So I don't know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully by the time I'm teaching at the end of next year, it'll change. We'll see. Australia is a very conservative country when it comes to education, so. Uh, yeah, so, so is it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to change anytime soon here, so I'm fine with it. I'll I'll change from the inside out. I'm going to be that teacher where, like, par- kids go home and they're like, so Miss Cat told us this today, and I want parents to be like, do we need to call the school about this woman? <laughs> Because, like, she seems a little bit nuts. And that's who I want to be. Because I'm making your children think. (laughs) I hope so. I try to do that. I try. I mean, we write our own curriculums. But, yeah, I try. try, They, like, also know so much more about current culture than I do. And sometimes they teach me. Yeah, that's what I'm really worried about. I'm going, I'll be going in at 32 and most teachers enter my states, um, they enter like their graduate teachers at like 20, 21, 22. And so I'm like 10 years on them. And I'm just like, yikes. <laughs> like I'm a lot older than everyone else. <laughs> but no, um, it's, it's okay. They also think, I, I mean, I'm 4'11. Um, <laughs> so sometimes they ask me, like, which high school do you go to? <laughs> Gosh, I'm not that much taller than you. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm I'm five three, five four. So I'm gonna be so much smaller than all of my students. Because <laughs> like my um my sister, like my brother and sister, are ten years younger than me. And when they were in high school, was so much taller than me. And I was just like, oh, I'll just chill out being short over here. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, everyone's so much taller than me and my sister. It's all right. We're used to it now. So I think I'm going to just get picked on by the tall kids. Yeah, I mean, I get picked on by the kids and they're like seven. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Yeah, they're great. Kids are so great. Oh, God. My nieces have taught me so much about myself. So, yeah, kids are fantastic. And, yeah, it takes a special person to be a teacher, I think, so or an educator. Yeah. Yeah. And they definitely explore this in this movie. And I had the biggest smile on my face for most of this film. So. (laughs) So I, I mean, like, I got into horror not that long ago, actually, like three years ago. Um, And when the pandemic started and I was unemployed, I, there was one week where I watched like every, or a lot of movies that I hadn't seen that are just on streaming. And so I wanted to watch this and I had no idea what it was about. And then I watched it and I like, we just finished up like writing our curriculums for this coming year and like didn't know whether or not school was happening. We had to do like two or three work weeks of like virtual after school instead of seeing the kids. Um, and I just like the end started, I just cried so much and was like, I need to go back to school and work with kids full time. Um, yeah, that's so awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, this this movie for me confirmed that I'm doing the right thing. Not the right thing, but the right thing for me. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. So let's Let's dive into the movie. So uh, Little Monsters is a 2019 zombie zombie comedy film written and directed by Abe Forsythe, starring Lapita Nyong'o, Al- Alexander England, Kat Stewart, Stu- I can't speak today, Kat Stewart, Diesel LaTuraco, and Josh Gad. The story centers on a washed up musician, a children's TV personality, and a kindergarten teacher teaming up to protect a group of young school children during a sudden zombie outbreak. Now, I'm not uh I hate zombie movies but when I saw this was a comedy I was like oh that's fine (laughs) and the zombies don't run that's okay (laughs) yeah I thought I hated zombie movies I just like I like the horror that I really like is like ghost haunted house yeah and I'm really into like the supernatural like very dark stuff and zombie movies to me just feel so out there that it's just like something that I don't find believable and so I never or it like you know like you don't watch supernatural movies it's not there's like there's that's more believable to me trust me there's a more like literary twist to like dark like supernatural movies where zombies are just zombies yeah and it's not as like it's more action than like other horror films um but then I also watched Train to Busan right before this and I also watched Anne in the Apocalypse and they're all zombie movies and then I was like I think I liked the zombie movies during the pandemic um, <laughs> and this movie didn't feel like it's this movie's like definitely a comedy like there are zombies yeah. but like I feel like that's an afterthought like um, and this time when I was rewatching it, like putting, making the zombies come out of like an, a U.S. Army data, not database, 
anyways, um, in Australia, just like, like there, like in most zombie movies, there's always like an outbreak, and there's like a, a reason for it that has to do with like a corporation of some sort. But it's all very like colonial in the fact that it's like a U.S. base in Australia, and then like I was thinking about. Um, like Marvel movies and all of the like um, media made for kids that features like the U.S. military. Um, yeah, and how that's related to. I'm sure the first time I saw it, I like didn't think about that at all. But I'm sure it's not a coincidence that they chose they did that. Yeah, um, and that makes it a little more related to the rest of the plot whereas like I mean the one in Train to Busan is also like related to the politics of the city but yeah it's not a surprise (laughs) when I saw US army base I was like oh not a surprise at all because the US uh fun fact the US military and the Australian military actually have a very close relationship um so my dad was in the military for 25 years and he used to go away to the uh the north queensland region like rockhampton um because there is an australian army base called shoalwater bay there and a lot of the u.s military seals would come and train there so for me i'm like oh that's no surprise but also we have a very strained history with the u.s military being in australia So um, during the 70s, we had a military base called Pine Gap, which was operated by the CIA in Australia. And they did some quite covert things um, over time, including one of them was a drone attack in Afghanistan, which was controlled on Australian uh, soil, which kind of puts us in a predicament that we didn't know about. And so, yeah, there's a lot of history here where we're like, oh, the US is fucking shit up here. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. It's interesting. Yeah. I just, it's not too out of place that it would be right next to like a children's. (laughs) (laughs) That is very out of place for you. Although where they filmed this Centennial Park, um, there is actually a military army base on the other side because that's where the army, um, their mounted unit is. So it's got all stables and uh, the New South Wales police also keep their horses there. So, yeah, it's um, I can't remember what the army base is called. Uh, my dad used to work out of there. <clears throat> oh, can't remember for the life of me. Uh, but yes, there is a military police army unit there. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's maybe where they got the idea from. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. But Centennial Park is massive. It's like, um, it takes up like three suburbs, like uh, three suburbs, like back onto Centennial Park. So it's massive. There's like a football ground there. There's a, uh, a golf course course there music festivals are held there like there's yeah there's everything going on there it's really cool wow didn't Mm. know that it's like it'd take you all day to get around the whole thing um so uh, at the start we meet dave and his girlfriend through a montage of every possible toxic argument the two have had 
and to me, they both seem as bad as each other. They're both freaking horrible to one another. Um, and I love that there's this, there's a scene, I get like really super proud because there's a scene where Dave is busking and I used to live right near where he's busking. And I was like, Hey, that's right near my old apartment. So I got really excited. (laughs) And, uh, so eventually Dave goes to stay on the couch at his sister Tessa's house and she lives there with her son, Felix, who we find out was a test tube baby because he says, I came out of a test tube. He's so sweet. <laughs> I love great. love tractors, and then yeah. he drives the tractor at the end. But I love that Dave's like, "Ugh, all you do is play with tractors and blah blah blah." And he's so mean at the start of this film; like, he really does not like kids. Um, but he spends most of his time with Felix playing shooty games and being a piece of shit all round. So he just is like, he's just a grub at the start of this film. And I really like how he develops. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's really nice. Um, yeah. I was thinking about, I mean, like, I think also for most of my life, I didn't like kids. To be fair, I like worked in retail. And so most <laughs> of my closure to kids was like screaming kids in the grocery store. But yeah, I like wasn't. A babysitter or anything so I like didn't really work with kids until I worked with kids and then started to appreciate them and I like I like any movie that just shows like that it's counterproductive to hate kids like yeah. it's a choice to not have kids and not want children but like children have done nothing wrong and to mistreat them and just like to assume they're all terrible is um not great and I yeah. I don't think a lot of adults realize that until they, like, interact with kids. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that are like, oh, I hate kids. And it's like, how often do you even see kids? How often do you personally interact with kids? You don't hate kids. You don't even know what kids are like. Yeah. And also, like, they're just kids. They just they genuinely don't know any better. They just, they're, they're children. Like, I don't remember being a child, and I don't remember what I did, but... It wasn't my fault. Yeah. I mean, my sister has friends who has have has children who I genuinely don't like, but I know it's because of how their mother has raised them. And I'm just like, I just, I know it's not them, but I'd rather also not be around them because I don't want to be mean to them. So I just won't be around them. I don't want to yeah. say anything disparaging about their mother in front of them. Yeah. Not that it's my, it's not my place to say anything. Absolutely not. Unless it's directly impacting me. Um, One thing that we see is Dave wake his nephew up in the middle of the night to dress him in a Darth Vader costume and take him over to his old apartment. Yes. Like, no boundaries. A, no boundaries because he wakes his nephew up. And B, because he rocks up to his old apartment and Sarah is on the couch having sex with her colleague to yeah. propose to her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. At first, the, I mean, the first time I watched this movie, I thought he was trying to like get along with Felix. And then I uh, realized that he was trying to just use Felix. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he uses Felix for most of this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do love 
still, I mean, like, I'll get into it, but I still, like, I like the, like, Dave's character development, but he still, like, has a lot of problems in the way that he, like, I mean, the way that the movie views Audrey, her name's Audrey, right? Yeah. Like, actual name? Okay, yeah. Um, is is kind of manic pixie dream girlish, but also like she is a kindergarten teacher. So yeah, I, I do appreciate his character development, but there's still like, there's still an immaturity even by the end yeah. um, that I don't love. <laughs> no, I'm at the end, I'm still like, underneath it all, you're still a sack of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I love that, he then turns this whole situation back on Sarah and is like, you fucked up because I was going to marry you. I was going to give you a baby. I, w- I made this engagement ring out of a pipe cleaner I found under Felix's bed. And she's just like, no, this isn't about us getting married or us having a baby. This is about you. And um, then Dave tells Sarah she has a slutty vagina. what (laughs) but it's such an immature thing to say yeah really the first like 20 minutes even though they're horrible I mean not not like bad I mean like he what he does is terrible but it is very they just really went for it with the like extremity of the comedy that yeah (laughs) me cackle I laughed. I was just like, oh, this guy's such a douchebag. <laughs> but, like, yeah. you'll find that a lot in Australian, um, like, comedy dramas, situations like this where the comedy yeah. is really extreme um, because Australians really like um, laughing at other people's misfortune. That's mm. And so you'll find that a lot in Australian written stuff where um, – someone fucks up and then fucks up even worse and it just lands them in this pile of shit and everyone just thinks it's hilarious. It's obviously not funny for the characters, but um, that's how comedy, how, like, I know that Australians connect through comedy is Mm -hmm. that laughing at other people's mistakes. And as horrible as it sounds, it's done really well in this film where it's probably a situation we can really relate to and be like, oh, God. I've been somewhere similar kind of thing. So, I mean, not waking up my niece and taking them over to my ex-boyfriend's house to propose to him in the middle of the night. Um, But, (laughs) you know, like something similar where you're just like, oh, God, the cringe and the, oh, God, I can't believe you walked in on that. That sucks. Like, yeah, there's a connection that's made. And unfortunately, it's to Dave. (laughs) Yeah. I love that when he takes Felix home, um, his sister is there waiting and Felix explains what happened and he's like, oh, Uncle Dave says that Auntie Sarah has a slutty vagina. He's like, you know, the two are having sex, blah, blah, blah. And Tess is just like, you woke my son up so he could go see two people having sex. Yeah. (laughs) I do... The, like, way that Felix just repeats everything that Dave <laughs> says is just... But he has no idea what he's saying. No. So, um, that was... Yeah. I, I just... I really liked that part because that's exactly what kids do. They'll repeat yeah. anything they say, but they have no idea what they're saying. Absolutely. 
It cracks um, me up. That's why I was like, oh god, my nieces have done that. Which does make it a little bit better. <laughs> like it's still pretty bad, but like at least as an audience member, we know that like hopefully this kid will not be traumatized because he really doesn't know what's going on. He has no idea what what the hell happened. He's just like, well, I went over to Honey Sarah's house and there was a man there and she has a slutty vagina. And then that's it. That's all he knows happened. And I think at least, yeah, he won't be having any conflicting thoughts about what's happening if as if he would if he was a lot older. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tess tells Dave he needs to get his shit together after he has cried. And I don't know if it's crocodile tears or not, because I'm just like, is he really upset? I don't know. Or is he manipulating oh, his sister? I don't think so. Okay, good. <laughs> I wasn't too sure. I was like, is he just trying to get his sister to be, like, feel sorry for him? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, So Tess tells him, because Tess is a nurse, so she says, you need to take Felix to school. I've got a double shift tomorrow. So I love this scene where he's, like, walking across the playground and all these kids are giving Felix a hard time because he has lots of food allergies. Uh, So he can't have dairy or gluten. And previous to this, Dave has also said that gluten isn't, gluten allergies aren't a real thing um so we see like his level of not really caring about Mm -hmm. felix's well-being in a way but um there's a kid that bullies felix all the time um one thing that bothered me was the child with spina bifida and dave calls him the r word and i was like this film was made in 2019 we didn't need that yeah there are definitely some things that don't uh go over well um (laughs) like as much as I like I love the overarching themes of this movie and a lot of parts about it it does feel like a lot like some of it is like I know they're going for crude humor but there's some of it that just like doesn't work what I always say like if you do not need to have someone say things like that to prove that they're a bad person like we already think dave's a bad person you don't need you don't need to use that kind of language to further your point you don't need that Mm -hmm. um so they go into the classroom and they meet miss caroline who is played by lapita nyongo who i am obsessed with like i she's just brilliant in everything she does and in this film she is just this warm approachable absolute ray of sunshine in this film yeah and I think I was like happily surprised well I, like again I didn't know anything about this movie before watching it I just knew that she was in it um and it's very rare to see a black like romantic lead teach I don't know how to explain it like it is a manic pixie dream girl type but usually that person is played by a very like pale white woman with bangs and this was completely different and um it's not my favorite that all of the like dads like try to hit on her but it is refreshing to see like someone play that role who is not like yeah I mean it just like the typical casting that they do for it yeah and I I really love this and and we find out later how Miss Caroline slash Audrey made it to Australia which I think is 
the best <laughs> freaking story in the world because I was like, oh, I, I, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. And she's just so funny and, you know, and it kind of, yeah, we, she's, she's got quite a sad story as well. And she still manages to put her, her, her students before herself. And we see this, you know, in nearly every moment of this film. And yeah, it just goes to show that Miss Caroline is the ultimate kindergarten teacher. So, and it takes yeah. someone very special for that. Yeah, I like, even though she does fall into tropes every so often, I do think that, like, that just, like, is how a kindergarten teacher acts, though. Like, yeah. I dress like that when I go to work. I mean, like, not all the time, <laughs> but, like, I do dress younger, and I bring my ukulele to school, and I sing to my kids, like, that is what you do as a kindergarten teacher. Yeah. And then she also, like, is a three-dimensional person with another, like, her own problems and life experiences, but then, like, puts that on hold to work with her kids. And yeah. that's, like, exactly what being a kindergarten teacher is like. Um, because, yeah, I also think that, like, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of movies with kindergarten teachers in them, but no. it's, um, I think it would be pretty easy to just, like, throw kindergarten teachers into, like, a category of, like, they're always happy, they're always cheerful, and that's just, like, not how it is. I mean, no. <laughs> it's not like that for the kids, but it's not like you're not a person outside. Yeah, you have, you have your own things going on where you're just like, okay, but it's it's great that they separate the two, but then also provide that exposition for the, for the audience to be like she's she is this three dimensional character. She's not just this happy go lucky kindergarten teacher. Like she has, she has things going on. Um, yeah, I love this because while Audrey is speaking to another student, Dave slowly backs up um, and hits one of the bullies with the classroom door. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, that is so mean. But yeah. also really funny because that kid is really mean. Yeah, it it at least shows a little bit that he has capacity for changing. I might I might be like in the wrong way at the beginning, <laughs> but um And then he does care about Felix. Yeah. Where he's like, I'll show this kid. Um, I love when he goes to pick up Felix from school that afternoon and rocks up in his own band shirt and his fly Jackson Flying V guitar, which I'm just like, that'd be so it's it's a very odd guitar. So um my brother-in-law was in a thrash metal band, so he played a Jackson Flying V. And uh, you know, bands like Trivium and all your heavy metal bands are all playing with this. It's not a very common guitar though. So he just looks it looks so odd. And it's not unless you're a heavy metal fan that you know exactly what that guitar like is like genre of music that guitar is used for so it's like oh god he's in like a crappy metal band <laughs> and he is but <laughs> what's his what's his band called um god because god... yes. <laughs> then he she asks uh if it's a christian band and, and she says i'm a christian you say oh yeah yeah i'm a christian totally band. totally a christian <laughs> I'm, I'm totally a christian band. whatever you want it to be <laughs> 
Um, so he overhears that one of the parents have dropped out of the upcoming field trip. So Dave volunteers to chaperone. Later that night, Tess uh, calls him out on his shit because she's just like, no, 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 no. All of the dads have tried with Miss Caroline and failed. But there is a moment where Dave does seem a little bit genuine about wanting to spend time with Felix beyond, like, playing shooty games, I think he says, you know, like, do something different, which is, which is kind of nice. And so Tess is teaching him about all the things that Felix can't eat. She shows him how to use an EpiPen, um, and that's important later on because, <laughs> yeah, still doesn't, still can't get it right. Uh, he's learning though. Um, so on the day of the field trip, the the bus breaks down and Miss Caroline breaks out her ukulele and plays Shake It Off by Taylor Swift about 30 times. And I'll tell you what, kids that age love that song. Still. (laughs) My nieces will be like, oh, can we play Shake It Off? And I'm just like, I don't want to hear that song again. Okay, we'll put it on. I... I am a long time diehard Taylor Swift fan, so that like I also love that. But yeah. also it's very it's difficult to find um catchy, repeatable pop songs that are popular now that are appropriate for kids. Yeah. Um so I would say that's like a very stereotypical like go to song you would play for children, um, to get their safe. Yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot of... Because my nieces do like Taylor Swift. Um, not all of her songs, but, like, the the most popular ones. And so I love Taylor Swift. And so I just... I don't want to hear Shake It Off 30 times on a card trip. <laughs> but it's all right. My niece... My four-year-old niece went through a period where WAP was her favourite song. Oh, my God. <laughs> and my sister was like, please do not tell anyone. <laughs> That Luna is listening to this. But Luna doesn't understand the song. She likes the beat. Like, she's a really funky kid. And so, like, yeah. not only does she did she go through a period where she liked WAP, she also likes um, Ozzy Osbourne. So. Oh, my gosh. She And then she went through, she liked the Ramones at one period. Um, yeah, she's, she, she's a really um, diverse child when it comes to music. I It's really cool. And she told me once she was going to dance on stage with Ozzy Osbourne. Oh and I was God. like, she's like, when I get older, I'm going to be a rock star and I'm going to dance on stage with Ozzy Osbourne. I was like, I'm pretty sure he's going to be dead by then. But cool. That's really cool, Luna. Let's do it. Let's sort it out. We'll get a hologram for you. So Aww. she's a sweetheart. Um, she, uh, Whenever we get in the car, we listen to um, Bark at the Moon and No More Tears by Ozzy Osbourne. So. Wow. That's I- the entire car trip from my house to her house. So. That's how long the songs are. <laughs> and I don't even know what music the other one likes. So she's not a music kid. She's a book kid. <laughs> um, yeah, my she's uh, she's seven, but she has the reading capacity of like a nine, ten-year-old. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she's reading like chapter books and stuff at the moment. And she's only in year one. Oh my goodness. I work with four-year-olds, so they don't know how to read. Uh, (laughs) Luna is in that stage. She actually, uh, my sister was on the phone to my dad one night and Luna came into the room and she's like, mum, I need to know how to read right now. I need to read this now. And my sister's like, that's not how you learn how to read. And she's like, yeah, but I need, I need to know how to read this right now. (laughs) 
Oh. My sister's like, she wants to read so badly. <laughs> oh. Oh. So, um, yeah, there's this really sweet moment with all the kids going absolutely nuts for Shake It Off. And they absolutely adore Miss Caroline, which I, I love. It's, it's so perfect because uh, my nieces loved their preschool teachers. You know, they idolised them. And um, <laughs> I love that Miss Caroline invites Dave to come up and play music for the students because he's a professional musician. <laughs> uh, <laughs> professional being the operative word. <laughs> Um, but his his heavy heavy metal song only terrifies the kids. Yeah, <laughs> but I love that he actually starts his song with talking about Leviticus in the Bible, as if to impress Audrey. <laughs> yeah, and he says, uh, "Let not let's not forget what Leviticus teaches us. If anyone curses their mother or their father, they must be put to death. That's in the Bible. That's actually there. God wrote that." <laughs> What are you doing to these kids? You're so out of touch. Like, leave them alone. Yeah. He's such a weirdo. He's just very, uh, yeah, he, like I said, totally out of touch, has no idea what he's doing. But this this really changes throughout the film and his compassion and empathy towards kids changes. And I think that that's a really great um, development for him. Um, yeah, and that's like when... Um... Audrey starts to like him is when he stops trying to like do things to impress her and just is like taking care of the kids to take care of them. Yeah. Cause it's uh it's just nice. It's nice. I, I love the montage of them at the farm. But um so they arrive at Pleasant Hills Farm and see that Teddy McGiggle is filming his show there, and the kids are absolutely stoked. So what I love about Teddy McGiggle is that in Australia, we have a children's entertainer called um, Giggle, well, a combo called Giggle and Hoot. And the host is Jimmy Giggle. (gasps) Yeah. So I was like, oh, my God, it's Giggle and Hoot. Oh, my God. So that's a TV show here. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I was just thinking about how it's Josh Gad and Josh Gad plays, like, always plays the, like, children's character mm. um, see I, I mean, don't really know Josh Gad oh <laughs> I understand Josh Gad but he's like I mean he's uh Olaf in Frozen and he's like oh, okay the um like the token like goofball character in children's stuff and Broadway shows um so yeah, that's like his thing is that he's usually like the comedic relief character in kids media. So interesting. Um, I did like that. I mean, I don't like him because I most of his characters are annoying, but like yeah. I liked that they cast Josh Gad because it was like he was playing one of his characters, but then behind the scenes was a complete asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there are some people from my college, I went to theater school, who do work with kids who are also like assholes behind the scenes. It's like, I don't think that's far off from some people who do work with kids who like, yeah, 
Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't doubt that for a second. But I um I love that they use like an already existing Australian character like Jimmy Giggle, who is massive here. Like he is so incredibly famous, and uh, he started making like uh, YouTube videos as an adult entertainer. And so during the pandemic, I will send you some of them because it's so funny. Because uh, I think he was just bored. And so he made like TikToks and YouTube videos for adults because adults already knew who he was. And so, yeah, it's, yeah, he's great. Jimmy Giggle is fantastic. Um, is he a frog? No, so he's not. Um, Jimmy Giggle is just himself. And then he has Hoot, who is his owl best friend. And they tell stories. And oh. yeah, they're, it, they're, they're really wholesome. They're, they're really wholesome. Um, my niece is, well, the eldest, not so much because she's older now, but the youngest um, still loves Giggle and Hoot. So, Aww. yeah, it's really great. <laughs> so uh, Teddy McGiggle is an absolute sleazebag and also hits on Audrey and picks her out from a crowd. Um, and what I gather from this is Frogsy and Teddy in general are just massive creeps and hate their jobs. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Uh, this is also where Dave finds out that Audrey is engaged. And he's kind of a little bit like, oh, I freaking came all this way on this field trip and you're engaged. Great. And this is where he does um, stop trying to impress her. And he just does his own thing throughout this this whole um, field trip. And he's he's enjoying himself in this like montage of them petting animals and um, seeing the crocodiles being fed, which is my favourite thing at uh, petting zoos. We have a um we have a zoo here. It's like the reptile park and it's just exclusive like it's like snakes and crocodiles and I love crocodiles so much. Like I have a weird obsession with them. Um I think because they're like apex I predators. <laughs> yeah, they're so good. Yeah. I my partner does not like snakes. <laughs> not a fan at all. <laughs> uh, I yeah, like, I love the snake. I went to the zoo in New Jersey with my mom last week and I oh, cool. I love bugs, I love reptiles, I just like really love animals and like all of them. And I yeah. think they're all adorable. And she hates them. <laughs> <laughs> Afraid of the spiders and I like yell at her to make her like um pick up the spiders and take them outside and if I I like really love bees too so I'll like get really close and like start talking to them my mom's like "Ah." I'm (laughs) allergic so I try to stay the hell away I'm like no I don't need I don't need an EpiPen right now actually I don't even know if I'd have an anaphylactic shock I did as a kid but I don't know if I I don't know because you know how things change I just stay away from bees so I'm like nope (laughs) no 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 do not need that chaos in my life Oh, sorry, one second. I was just plugging my computer. Oh. <laughs> Welcome back. But yeah, so, I I... We had a reptile park around here. Yeah, I mean, there's other animals there. They have, like, a lot of Australian animals and whatnot. So you can go into, like, you can pack kangaroos and wombats and all that stuff. But it's mainly um, for conservation. And they also have a lot, uh, at this particular reptile park, they do a lot of anti-venom research for most of the world. And so it's like creating anti-venom for like uh, Australia's venomous snakes and um, they milk snakes there. I know that sounds really gross, but 
Yeah, they like take the things. Well, they get like a little plastic jar and they coat it in like um a like like glad wrap. I don't know, a saran wrap kind of, but like sciency. And then they poke the the fangs in and then they milk all the venom out and then that snake can no longer produce venom. So Wow. Yeah, and then they use it to create uh anti like venom needles, serum, whatever those are those things are called. Yeah. Because Australia has like uh top five of the top ten most venomous snakes in the world, so yeah which is funny because in the next scene um we have uh two scientists walking through their facility talking about all the deadly animals in australia and i was like look you're not really gonna come across them and i i I stress this to my american friends when you come here you are you are not going to run into them unless you're in a zoo honestly like you'll not see them i've seen one red red uh red belly black snake once in my life that was it. It was dead on my driveway. Oh. It was fried. It fell asleep <laughs> in the sun and kind of baked. And I like I remember picking it up and like peeling it off my driveway and I was like, I think this is a red belly black snake. I was like, oh, I'll put it in the bin. It was like crispy. Like like you know when a worm bakes in the sun and it like goes oh, that like yeah. I was like, oh yuck. At least I won't die. Um, but they're like the fifth most venomous snake here or something. So I was like, oh, I'll put that in the put that in the bin, just in case. <laughs> in case it like reanimates and bites someone. <laughs> but yeah, you, you don't come across that. But they talk about um I think they laughed about kangaroos being violent and like all the snakes and so they're like two Americans talking and I, I think that that's a funny stereotype here that well other people have of this country that you know the snakes and spiders are going to get you but you're fine come to australia you won't you'll be fine (laughs) (laughs) and this is where they come across the zombie stumbles out into like the hallway i don't know like the wherever they're walking and they think that they've knocked one of like one of them out but then they're like attacked by another one and it was just like a really quick scene so i was like oh what's going on um, but that kind of lays the foundation because the zombies start to leave the facility and head on out to the farm, to Pleasant Hills, <laughs> which I thought was so cute that they called it that as well. <laughs> yeah. But um, I love this scene where they're on the tractor ride and the driver stops to make sure that this person who's, I don't know, they're standing in like a pond or something or like amongst some animals and the driver is like, are you okay? What's going on over here? And is attacked by the zombie. And I was just like, oh, that classic. I love that. <laughs> yeah, the zombie is eating a sheep. It's oh, like, that's right. <laughs> on the ground eating a sheep. And then the driver just walks up to them. I really love the contrast between the zombies and them being at a petting zoo. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> comedy. Yeah, it's that's I love that. It was perfect for me. I was just like, I love this whole setting because there's a scene, and we'll talk about it later, that I just cracked up because I was like, that is that just is too funny for me. Um so zombies start coming out and the class um runs they run towards um the the bus and realize that that has too been overrun with zombies. There's a lot of zombies at this point. And I was just like, where did they they all just wandered out of the facility. Okay. 
Um, so they run towards the gift store only to find that Teddy McGiggle has locked himself in there and won't let them in. And um, Miss Caroline, who is super incredibly smart, finds a crawl space and gets the children in through there. Um, so I, I've written that she is an absolute superhero in this film. She is these kids' superhero. And yeah. um, she's just so perfect. <laughs> I love it. She's great. Um, I love that Dave falls in through the roof. <laughs> like, oh, he's just yeah. chaos. <laughs> yeah, it feels like the whole movie from then on, the entire, like, once the zombies come in, it's out of ten for the rest of Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, holy crap, what is going on here? Oh, oh, okay. And I love that he just beats the shit out of Teddy McGiggle to let the kids into this, like, safer area for them to stay. And Miss Caroline tells them that they're going to play a game and they just need to wait and and play the game. She doesn't, it's just a game. They're just playing a game. They're hiding out. Um, this is just how the game goes. The zombies aren't real. And um, Teddy is not believing that. And he's like, you know, like, fuck, they're not. And then he's like, the Easter Bunny isn't fucking real. Father fucking Christmas isn't real. <laughs> Uh, these inquisitive dead-eyed fucking faces are real and I love that Miss Caroline grabs him and in his face says if you don't turn that frown upside down so help me god I'm gonna drag you out by that stupid bow tie and watch them rip you apart and I was that's such a beautiful contrast to how bright and bubbly she is and how protective she really is yeah, I think that's very true of uh, being a teacher. And especially, like, when it comes to difficult subjects, um, which is why I love this movie so much. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, if there were zombies attacking my kids, I would, like, I would also beat up. <laughs> yeah, Teddy McGiggle. I would never let them see that. Yeah, um, no, I'd take him somewhere out back and that punch him in the face um i also love the kid that keeps asking to play putt putt golf i love him <laughs> he's like can we play putt putt golf now and miss caroline's like no we're still playing the game like we can't play putt putt golf but he's he's so devastated he's like oh <laughs> i love it so much where she says we're gonna play putt putt golf and then gives him um uh, oh my god, a club uh, to hit the zombies <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember the word writing it down. I was like, golf stick? What's the word? Um, so they're, they just, they're just hanging out in this um, in this like uh, gift store and there's not much going on and um, Felix actually eats some chips and has an anaphylactic reaction to it because there's milk in these chips. And this is where I see Dave's transformation happen because he is so worried about Felix that he wants to be the one to administer the EpiPen. But he screws it up. So Tess has told him blue to the sky, orange in the thigh, and he does it the other way around, injecting himself with the EpiPen. And, I mean, he tried. Yeah. He gave it a go. What I'm thinking, though, is that um, we don't have – I mean, I guess it's different in Australia, but we don't have healthcare, so – EpiPens are like at least a hundred dollars here. So oh really? Oh yeah. Oh so, wow. 
Um, wasting an EpiPen would uh, be like a big problem, I feel like. Oh, they're covered by what we have here called uh, PBS, which is the pub- Prescription Benefit Scheme. And so certain, um, they get put into levels, like the medication. So some prescriptions are $11 and some are 20 and some aren't covered by PBS at all. So like um, a particular medication that I take isn't covered by PBS. So it costs me like $27. Um, and that, and that's fine. But then like my anxiety medication is covered by PBS and that costs me $10 a month. So it's like, that's okay. <laughs> Oh yeah, I be- I would say like epipens and insulin are like the big things. Oh, they're I- definitely covered by PBS here. That's just too much of a health risk for us not to have it covered. Man, I wish we were <laughs> like I was just like that scene in the United States like wouldn't happen. You just like you you can't mess up the epipen. I can't, so- I don't think epipens are. Th- it'd probably be quite cheap to get an EpiPen, probably around $15 here. Wow. Yeah. We don't muck around with medicine and keeping people safe. And we also have socialist medicine, which I know that a lot of conservatives in American in America aren't too fond of. So No. Nope. No. I mean, you know, change is coming. Change is coming and I hope that, you know, your government takes health seriously for everybody soon. We've always we've had socialist medicine since the seventies, so but don't worry, our conservative government is trying to dismantle Medicare at the moment. So we're struggling. Um, yeah. Fuck you, Scott Morrison, you piece of shit. Um, so Dave tells Caroline that there's actually a spare EpiPen in Felix's backpack, but the only issue is that it's still on the tractor on the other side of the zombie-infested farm. So Miss Caroline gets out there. She's like, I'm going out. Um, I think she equips herself with like a baseball bat or something or a plank of like a piece of wood. I'm not too sure. Oh she takes God. something with her. Yeah, she does. Oh, wait, is it a shovel? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah she grabs a <laughs> shovel. Because I was like, I remember seeing wood and that's all I remember. <laughs> um, so she absolutely kicks so much butt on her way through this farm. And she makes her way back to Felix. And he is given his EpiPen and you see this absolute look of relief from Dave. And I think this is say, this is so symbolic of his transformation because he's gone from um, not really caring, Felix is a prop, to, oh my God, I could lose my nephew. And it would yeah. be my fault. Yeah, I would, I mean, like, I, I've... I can't like pinpoint my the change of my relationship with kids, but I think yeah, I think when you first meet kids, you just like see them as like balls of energy, and sometimes you don't <laughs> recognize like their their humanity and that they like. Yeah. And when they like when something happens to them, they're helpless. They can't do anything. They don't know what to do. You're um, the person that's meant to know what to do. <laughs> yeah, whenever they get upset. <laughs> Um, Because everything is the end of the world, and especially after school, they think, like, their parents are never coming back, Um, and so they'll just start crying, and, and, like, we just have to, like, and I think once you start caring for kids, it's, like, it's not about you anymore um, at all. Um, Yeah. You're out of the equation. It's not about you. (laughs) Yeah, it can't be about you, or else, like, teaching is just... Like, yes, working with kids does, like, make 
educators, I think, feel good, but it's like, it's not for me. Like, I, I like taking care, I like working with kids because, like, I, they just, like, appreciate it. They, they, yeah. they, <laughs> they, it's like, so cool. <laughs> everything that you do for them. Oh, yeah, you're magic in their eyes. They're just like, how did you get here? How are you like that? <laughs> and you're just like, oh, it's such a confidence boost. Thank you. <laughs> um, I love this because Audrey's covered in blood and the kids are freaking out. And then she's like, no, no, no. I was in a jam fight, but don't eat it. Like, do not eat it. And Because <laughs> kids will. Kids are weird. They'll do stuff like that. They'll be like, oh, let me taste that. And you're like, no, don't eat that. Um, and so, and she just, she just dances with them and she's singing with them. And Dave just watches on absolutely astonished by her ability to separate what she just did with what she is doing now to protect the children from the truth. And, you know, something that could really terrify them. Um, once again, uh, the kid asks if he can play Papa Golf. <laughs> And I just love it as the running joke throughout it that because when you do get to see what he gets to do with the golf club, you're like, oh, okay, he must be stoked now. Um, So Teddy's up on the roof being an absolute wanker and trying to signal a military helicopter that's flying over the top of the gift store. He falls off the roof and um, is, you know, there's zombies all surrounding the gift store because they realise there's food in there. But Dave comes out and actually helps him back onto the roof. And there's this moment where Teddy tells Dave, and you just hate Teddy even more in this scene. You're just like, oh my God, I hate you so much. Um, He tells Dave that his real name is Nathan Schneider and he's an alcoholic sex addict who only likes being a child entertainer because he gets to have sex with all the MILFs. Yeah. (laughs) And you're just like, you're even more disgusting than I thought. Yeah, and then when he goes into the monologue about going to theater school and studying with Al Pacino, um, I <sighs> went to theater school, and um, I feel like that is the pipeline for most like people who want to be actors who like aren't products of nepotism. Like they become children's entertainers. That's just like. You go through these, like, serious classes where you do all these, like, deep acting exercises where you recognize your emotional truth and then the only jobs available, especially in America, are just, like, Mm. doing tours at children's, uh, yeah, that's how I, that's how I got connected to the library, is that I was a children's (laughs) entertainer and I... (laughs) had my own musical that I like took to the libraries and I love doing it because I love yeah. kids. Like that is um that is typically what happens. Um if and I would imagine entitled white men would like be really pissed if they spent all yeah. this money to go to acting school and then became a children's entertainer. Yeah, I don't know what the pipeline is for theatre school here. Because we there's a couple, but the main one that I know is NIDA, which is the National Institute of Dramatic Arts. But a lot of them, I think, end up staying with NIDA and continue to work with NIDA as a performer. I don't, I don't, I, I wouldn't know how to become a child's entertainer here, to be honest. I really wouldn't. I'd have, I, but I, I was a musical student, well, music student. So 
Um, I was in lots of musicals, but I was uh, in the orchestra, not in the actual performance part. <laughs> it was cool. I think my first musical was um, uh, Sweeney Todd, and that was so much fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, yeah, I, so after I graduated, I was living at my parents' house, um, and the neighboring college to my, I went to school in state, like close to my hometown. My neighbor in college was doing a concert version of Sweeney Todd, and I, like, signed up for the audition, forgot about it, didn't go, and they emailed me and were like, we need a first soprano, will you be the lead soprano? And I was like, I didn't even audition, but I did okay. it, and I got to do Sweeney Todd. Oh, and it was I love it. Um, because my, like, um, I mean, I went to a BA program, which is just, like, it's a non-auditioned liberal arts theater degree it's not like conservatory um so it's pretty hard yeah. to get into shows um so I did get into two shows but I wasn't like I played children in both of the shows uh which is great <laughs> but I didn't get into like I didn't get into leads and I didn't do like the serious musicals or anything so it was nice to do Sweeney Todd <laughs> <laughs> see when I I stopped music when I was halfway through year nine because I got braces and couldn't play my instruments anymore because um, I played flute and clarinet and reed instruments hurt my mouth and playing flute with braces is just was near impossible so yeah I only played I started classical music when I was eight and I stopped when I was 15 so yeah Aww. it was cool I uh yeah I really enjoyed it and I love musicals, and I don't care what anybody says. So, <laughs> I I mean, like I work off Broadway, so <laughs> like oh, I'm actually going to see Hamilton in a couple of weeks, so I'm really excited. It's good. <laughs> it makes sense about Lin Man. Okay, so the I work at the theater where Hamilton started, so like, Ugh. um, we have like a you know, like I like Lin Manuel Miranda, but also he does a lot he's a lot but I do like Hamilton <laughs> I wouldn't like admit that to the general public but yeah I'm looking good. forward to it and there's um at uh at a Sydney theater somewhere they are doing a musical of Crybaby and I was like oh I need to go see that because Crybaby is one of my favorite movies <laughs> I've never seen it but I do know that that's a musical yeah it's so good I, I really love it. Um, my, uh, you know, before Johnny Depp was a problem. So, <laughs> but I like it. It's, yeah, it's probably one of my, and my sister is not a musical person, but she loves Crybaby. So Aww. it's one of those movies where we connect because we don't usually watch the same things. <laughs> so uh, later that night, Miss Caroline is putting the children to bed. Teddy's passed out somewhere because he's been drinking everything that has an alcohol content in the gift store. Sorry. I yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the hand sanitizer. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he was drinking a bottle of methylated spirits at one point because I was like, "That's a metho bottle. What the hell?" Um, so this is a really touching moment where we see Dave and Audrey as adults rather than facilitating protection for children, and that's all they're there for. We're actually seeing them as um more human in a way rather than these guardian protectors of the kids and um Dave's opening up about his childhood and that his dad left when he was quite young and all he has left is his sister uh Audrey reveals that she's not actually engaged and that her fiance had cheated on her with his co-worker 
And so they've been through some pretty traumatic stuff with their with their relationships. Not to say Dave wasn't the facilitator of his, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And so Audrey says that she actually came to Australia because she was following a band. She was following a band. She was so in love with them. Uh, she broke into their hotel room only to have security called, and she was shocked that they did this to her. Uh, she then reveals that the band she was following was Hanson. <laughs> and I was just like, yes, I love Hanson. So she must have been quite young because she, I think, She's meant to be around my age, like around in her 30s. And so she would have been quite young when she did this. So Hanson, um, even when I was 17, 18, weren't that popular then. But I think they did come to Australia. So they did do a tour here and I remember it happening. Uh, But then she decided to stay and she started working at the school. Um, I can't remember what she said she was doing at the school, but then she eventually became a teacher because she loved working with children so much. And she only wears a ring to keep the single dads away because they're gross. And I was like, yeah, I don't blame you. (laughs) They're all disgusting. (sighs) This is the scene that I freaking love so much. So. Um, the next day, the, mati- the the military have gotten together and they're going to um, bomb the gift store. But I love that they get a map out of the farm, right? And they put it on the hood of the car and it's like the map you get as a visitor to the farm. So yeah. <laughs> it's like this like comic drawing of the map. I was like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. The map also looks like the like I don't know if you were a Neopets person as a child, but I was, and it looks like a Neopets. It looks like the map of Neopets Central Map. <laughs> I don't know. If that it really was does. There's no way that was on purpose because that's like way too niche. But like, it is yeah. a map for like a website designed for children. Yeah, but I just love that they're like, this is the map we're using. (laughs) Not like a proper map of the farm or like a military grade map or anything. It's the fucking visitor's map. Yeah, I like, I mean, I don't think I noticed it until right now, but the (laughs) contrast between how intelligent and like capable Miss Caroline is as a person versus the military, um, who are clearly... Uh, have no idea what they're doing and are stupid um which is like not to insult people's intelligence or anything but it's usually like the military with the respected um occupation and teachers I mean at least in America teachers are treated horribly and um do not make a livable wage and That's work opposite, way too yeah. hard <laughs> yeah work way too hard for their I mean like my it took a a lot of convincing for my parents to finally like start to respect what I do and that yeah. um it's just I mean even more respectable than working in an office it takes so much work and yeah. dedication to be a teacher and um I like that they like switch that up in this yeah Teachers here um, get paid about the same as someone full-time in the military. So, (laughs) 
or just a little bit less. I'm not too sure what full-time military wage is, but on when you're a graduate teacher, you are on a wage of about 75000 I don't know what that is in US dollars. Uh, probably around sixty. Oh, that's still way more than yeah. the United States. The... Our cost of living is a lot higher, though. So. Oh, okay. It's still not a livable wage here. So, it. <laughs> yeah, it's so messed up. <laughs> Inflation has destroyed everybody's salaries here uh, because businesses oh. aren't increasing their salaries along with the increase of cost of living. So. It's a little bit hard. Um, uh, it's something we'll always be fighting, which is fine. So the next day, everyone's working out how they can get there. They're working together, you know, like, how can we do this? Dave suggests getting the tractor, but all of them are worried that the zombies will get them because they're in the open. Um, Dave suggests the teddy mobile because the kids can just jump off the roof and into the car, into the van. I don't know how they're all going to fit, though, but it's a good idea. So Teddy and Dave run out together. And they're fighting through actually before they leave Teddy's on the roof and he's like got a like karate kid style headband on and he's just like I can't do this I'm a celebrity yes <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like shut the fuck up go get out of here um so they run they actually make it to the van but not before Teddy betrays him and doesn't let him in but I love that Teddy gets attacked by the, the zombified Frogsy, uh, who was in the just in the van chilling out. Uh, but I love that Dave climbs onto the roof and Frogsy like comes out of the top of the van. <laughs> oh gosh, I just love that so much. That scene's just like, um, you know that like stupid comedy where you're just like, oh my gosh, this is so dumb. I love it. Yeah, I, I loved it. Um, so Dave makes a call to Tess and they have a bit of a tender moment as brother and sister and he, his the phone gets knocked out of his hands. And so whilst all this is happening, Felix sneaks out of the gift store and one of the kids actually lets Miss Caroline know. And we see Felix uh, in a field of zombies in his Darth Vader outfit. And I love that he's got this golf club uh, which is his lightsaber, and he's, like, forcing zombies away with his hands, and I was like, oh, he's so amazing. <laughs> and it's um, it kind of shows that Felix has also lived a little bit of his life being the adult for his yeah. for his uncle. Um, but he does rock up in the in the in the tractor to save Uncle Dave, and it's great that he can drive a tractor because he loves tractors so much. And uh, I love that he's like, the clutch is on the right. And he's just like, how do you know this? How do you know that? I feel <laughs> it's so like cool. kids, though, they, when they hyperfixate on anything, they know everything about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. Kids are amazing what their brains can do. And I'm just like, give me your ability to do the things that you do. That'd be really freaking cool. Um, so they drive back and they rescue Miss Caroline and the kids. And as they drive to safety, they discover that the, the zombies respond to music that Miss Caroline is playing. And I love that because she's singing If You're Happy and You Know It. And the zombies are clapping their hands. I love it so much. Um, also, the kid who wanted to play putt-putt is smacking zombies in the head to keep them away from the tractor. 
Because I love this because there's this scene where is a uh, part where the zombie um goes to put his hand into the tractor tray and he like smacks it away with the putt putt golf club. And I was like, oh, I just love it. It's so good. He was having the time of his life. Yeah, I I like that. Um, like they they really like reframe this to say like. Kid, it's not that people like you don't have to talk down to kids when there's like something scary happening they just need to yeah. think about it in a way you need to also involve them instead of just like like guarding them from everything and not letting them even try to fight back yeah. because they're perfectly capable of it yeah and the way that um audrey does frame it throughout the film is that it is a game it's just a game and i understand that she does this to not scare the children and that it involves them uh, without scaring them. Yeah. That they're they're able to think about what's happening without it being put in a we could die, you know, category that would scare kids, you know, because if you if you say something like that, kids are going to be reactive. They they're going to freak out. They're going to panic. Yeah, I also love that they all of the kids like take the stuffed animals from the gift shop and like hold on to them the whole time I mean like I do that when I'm scared or anxious I hold on to my animals and I would definitely do that as a child um like it's just so sweet (laughs) I just love them and then they they like make the animals dance at the end yeah oh I love that scene um so they drive uh, towards the military barricade and um, the mati- military are making like they're going to shoot the kids and the adults and uh, that scene I was like that annoyed me because I was just like just let them through they're, they're human let them through <laughs> don't be don't be so mean um, and then the military bombs a farm and kills all the zombies so Dave and Miss Caroline share a kiss as they and the kids are taken away by men in radiation suits. So there's kind of like a moment where um, the the uh, Felix's mum, Tess, is panicking a little bit because she's like, what the hell is going on? And they let them know that they've been taken to quarantine for 48 hours in case of infection. And the final scene shows Dave, Miss Caroline, and the kids singing Taylor Swift's Shake It Off, which Dave previously hated. And the parents watch on as their kids are having the time of their life with their stuffed animals. <laughs> I cried so, so nice. much <laughs> during this last scene. I just like, oh, <laughs> I think like that's so sweet. I mean, going through the pandemic with my kids and just like as a person who is at a point in my life where I feel like I've survived a lot previously, like. That's why I've also come to love horror, especially during the pandemic, is, like, after the scary part's all over and then, like, singing together and, like, this big exhale of, like, this scary thing is now over and we survived and there's still something to look forward to. It's just so sweet. And also, I just yeah. I just love singing with my kids and I miss it so much. Oh, <laughs> Well, hopefully it won't be too much longer. You're going to have to learn some new songs. 
Well, <laughs> they, uh, this semester we were supposed to. We started out the semester learning Old Town Road because they love Old Town Road. Oh, yeah. Kids love that song. <laughs> what else? Oh, my nieces, what are they listening to at the moment? Um, I have a playlist on my Spotify for them, but um, it, uh, there's always new stuff getting added. Um, they listen to a lot of soundtracks like movie soundtracks at the moment. That's what they're into. Like the uh, Moana soundtrack. There's a couple of songs they love off that. Obviously, Frozen. Um, I have been to Disney on Ice with Frozen. I have seen a bloody ice skating ballet performance of Frozen. I just... <laughs> they do love Frozen. <laughs> and it's And like you said, that kids have a tendency to forget things, and that's why they've watched Frozen a gazillion times. Um, but actually, uh, my niece has just recently watched Sweet Tooth on Netflix. It's um, based off a comic book series of the same name. And they, they'd watched it and then told my sister about it. And my sister's like, oh, my gosh, this is rated M. What are you doing watching it? So my sister sat and watched it and bawled her eyes out because there were some scenes where it was so sad. And my nieces were, like, rubbing her back, being like, mum, it's okay. It's okay, mum. And Emily's like, you watched this? And they're like, yeah. And she's like, did you cry? And they're like, yes, mum. But it's going to be okay. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're fantastic. And this is, like, kids are just amazing and resilient and mature and wise beyond their years. There's a, a saying that my nan says about some children. It's, they've been here before. And it's like uh, her way of saying that they're so wise that, you know, they've lived multiple lives here already before they became themselves. And she says that about my oldest niece all the time because she's just so switched on to everybody's feelings. And seriously, because of them, I love kids. Yeah. And like, I mean, my kids at least like definitely go through a lot. Um, Yeah. Being the United States and being in New York City, like there's a lot of inequality in the school system. So like one of the schools I worked at was had a lot of money. And so their school is really nice. But then the other school I worked at had like no money and there was no elevator. And um, like, they always have to do like school shooting trainings. And they don't like, oh it's so scary and then to have to go through the pandemic and all of these things and like the school district not the district necessarily I don't know much about the district but like a department of education they just like they always have the money is the priority and yeah like they just don't care about the kids and what the kids yeah. want but teachers do and like I, there was one time I went into school and one kid um, asked another kid about his dad dying. Like my one kid, his his dad died and like just hadn't mentioned it and then just like mentioned it and was like a little sad, but then like moved on with class. And yeah, they just like, these things happen and I don't know how they like deal with all of yeah. it. Because amazing um just the resilience of, of children it's it's crazy my um my niece is, well my family's non-religious and so when someone passes away it's just they they're gone and that's it 
and they accept that like my nieces are like okay cool yeah I'm sad but I get it a lot of like one of my four-year-olds his parents were divorced and he was like explaining it to me and I he doesn't understand most other things but he knows that his parents are divorced and yeah it's really sad I think because um, my parents separated when I was quite young. I think I was five or six. But if they had separated when I was a teenager, I would not have been able to cope with that. But as a kid, I don't even remember it. I just remember mum went to live here and dad stayed living there and I went to dad's on the weekends. And that's just how it was. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to get divorced, do it when your kids are really young. <laughs> <laughs> do, do them a favor. Don't. You know what? Don't stay together if you're not happy. That's also silly. Um, so yeah that I love that movie thank you for finally kicking my butt to watch it yeah I I like I think I keep telling everyone about it it's like a lot of my friends don't like horror and are too afraid of horror and I'm like no it's it's really not it's not it's not it's not it's not not scary it's not scary at all and um yeah, I, I've just never seen a movie before that, like, takes teachers so seriously and, like, yeah. kids, like, they're humans um, that have an intelligence. And also just, like, it's very difficult to keep kids, like, safe uh, in dangerous situations and explain that to them. Um, yeah. It was wild watching it during a pandemic, knowing this was made way before the pandemic and now yeah (laughs) into zombie movies because that's what's happening um but if I was a child right now I don't think I would have any idea what was happening no my nieces didn't really know what was they they just say things like it's a pandemic we're in a pandemic and I was like okay they don't really they get it but they don't completely get it they know we can't go to the park because it's closed because it's a pandemic. We can't go to the shopping center because it's closed because it's a pandemic. Like they get that, but I don't think they know what a pandemic is. No. They just know the pandemic's causing all these things to not happen anymore. And that's that's enough for them. They don't need to know that, you know, um, uh, I don't even know how many people have, have died here, maybe around 1,200 or something. You know, in America, it's half a million people have passed away. I don't even want to think about it globally. They don't know all of that. And I think that that's okay. They don't need to know how traumatic this really is for everybody. But they're doing their part to, you know, make sure their hands are clean or make sure that um, they're staying home when they're sick and letting their mum know that they're sick and... Yeah, they, they're quite switched on and they, they know their responsibilities as a kid. Yeah, I also really liked how, like, I mean, I think a lot of people, especially my age or, like, during the pandemic, have come to the realization that there's more to, like, outside of life than working. And, yeah. I mean, being a teacher is a job. <laughs> I just, like, I love being with my kids and I just, like, I think a lot of the stigma of not taking teachers seriously is because they're like, well, this isn't a business job, so you're not doing something important when it's like, no, I want to have fun. Like, if I have to work, I want to have fun. And we have fun at school. Um, And that's the best part about being a teacher is that you get to have fun. And there's nothing wrong with having fun. No, Um, it's good. I I can't wait. I I will be a history teacher, so that's going to be... so much fun I I love history I will also be teaching like senior sociology which is what my undergrad is 
So I'm yeah. really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited. And, you know, I teach English at the moment to my student, like my tutoring students, but um, English is my fallback subject. I'm not super passionate about that, but nobody needs a history tutor. So <laughs> they yeah. don't see history as important. <laughs> No, it's only the subject that helps your kids critically think about the world, but don't worry about it. Doesn't give yeah. your kids problem-solving skills or anything, does it? Mm. I'm very, <laughs> as you can see, I'm very passionate about it. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So the question that I ask all of my guests is, what is the last horror movie you watched? Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think. Oh, it was The Conjuring. I Oh, I love that movie. I saw The Conjuring. Oh, the the new one? The, yeah, I saw the oh, okay. Made me I'm seeing it. that tonight. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so like <laughs> I I I hadn't seen the first two in theaters because I just got introduced to horror maybe like yeah. two years ago, which is wild because now I used to be so afraid of horror when I was a kid and up until three years ago and I saw us and I was like, Oh, horror is oh, like cool. Such a good movie. <laughs> horror is <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> in theaters and I had hardly seen any horror in theaters before the pandemic happened and um I this is I hadn't seen my two best friends who live just like a borough away but because of the way this train system is set up it's like two hours away so I hadn't seen them and we yeah (laughs) New York City train systems don't make any sense oh that sounds painful So this was the first time I was seeing my best friends in like a year and a half and oh, we loved wow. horror and seeing a conjuring, like I love jump scares now. I hated them before, <laughs> but like people gave it bad reviews and then I saw with that I loved it. It was so fun. I love seeing horror in theaters because it's just like that's just like that's the way to see horror movies. You just get yeah. scared together and it's so fun. And we were just all like, there were like three other people in the theater and we were just all like <laughs> gasping at the same time and screaming. I <laughs> love that. <laughs> so that's the last horror movie I saw and it was a blast. I loved it. That's awesome. I'm, yeah, I'm meant to be going to see it tonight with my partner. Um, uh, he, I don't know if, I don't know what we're doing, honestly. Um. <laughs> We keep making plans to go to the movies and then I get hung over or I get, I got hung over once for the first time in like four years. Um, and then I've been sick. So I'm just like, okay, I'm finally feeling all right. Let's, let's just go before anything happens. So I missed out on seeing Spiral because I was sick and then, oh, it's just been a nightmare, but, um, I'm hoping to see it because I, I do like the Conjuring series. Um, and this case is really fascinating. So yeah, I I wrote about the first conjuring um for We Are Horror, like the the, the zine and uh nice. I'm super interested in it because it's so Christian. It's very weird that um a horror franchise is like very deeply Christian. Um mm. but also I just love the love story. Um <laughs> despite the real people do not like them. No me neither. The not a fan. <laughs> the fictional ones there are just many moments in this film where patrick wilson like does something nice for his wife and i was just like oh <laughs> it's so i it gets me 
That's, a, that's such a nice way to look at it. Yeah, like I said, I'm not a real big fan of the actual Warrens, but the the Conjuring Warrens I'm a fan of. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I hope you love it. There, oh, I'm so excited. Reviews, but I, I had a great time. Awesome. I actually, last night I watched half of Seed of Chucky. Uh, I have not watched the Chucky movies because when I was like nine, I went to a birthday party and there's a Chucky doll in the the claw machine and I was so afraid of it I like I was so afraid of horror for so long because of that Chucky doll and I just haven't watched it now that like hardly any horror scares me now but I just (laughs) Chucky's funny don't worry about it but Seed of Chucky is um Tiffany and Chucky have a baby it is um just a wild ride I only yeah like I said I only got like halfway through but they have a child Glenn who Chucky is saying uh, Glenn is a boy, but Tiffany says, no, they are Glenda, they are a girl. And so there's like this whole um, Glenn, Glenn doesn't really have a gender. So it's really, it's a really interesting concept that they explore. So it's cool. I was like, it's Pride Month, so I'm going to watch Seed of Chucky. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I don't. I don't know. There's a lot of things where, you know, the subtext isn't very visible where it's like queer, but this is very like, this is obviously exploring um, like trans, um, like transgender identity exploration, but it's like through the vehicle of Glenn's parents who are trying to assign a gender, but Glenn doesn't really know what's going on. Glenn's like, I don't care. (laughs) Wow. But for some reason, yeah. Tiffany and Chucky care. And it's like, yeah, it's it's really interesting. I It's on Netflix. I used a VPN because um, then I can watch American Netflix because there's heaps more horror films on there than Australian um, yeah. Netflix. So, yeah, I watched it on that. And I was like, oh, my God, Zeta Chucky's on here. I've never watched that. So I've, like, watched uh, Child's Play 1 and 2. I've watched Bride of Chucky. I've watched the new – I actually saw the new – Chucky, like child's play in the cinemas, and I was like, "This is wild." <laughs> so, because uh, Audrey Plaza is in it, and I just she was great. She was awesome in it. Uh, but yeah, it was really interesting. Wow, it's I didn't... definitely worth the watch. <laughs> All right, <laughs> it's funny as well, and it's really just like stupid gore and heaps of blood and really dumb scenes, and it's just it's really it's really good fun. But also my sister had the same fear of, as you of Chucky. So <laughs> she uh, just, she watched Child's Play when she was about eight and has been scarred ever since. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I She'll watch I horror watch- movies but no Chucky. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is like I, I haven't watched The Ring yet and I haven't watched the Saw franchise yet. There's Those okay. are like I need to build up to them, I think. Yeah, but- that's fair. Most other stuff is fine, but Chucky, I just, <laughs> it's just, I know it's just a doll. I know it's, uh, it's a doll possessed by the spirit of a serial killer. Like, it doesn't get dumber than that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So, thank you so much for joining me for this wonderful episode talking about how incredibly important teachers are in children's lives and how beautiful little monsters really is as a film and I hope everybody does go out and watch it so thank you 
Thank you so much. This is so fun. <laughs> Why do you think I do this? Oh my gosh. I like have wanted to be on a podcast for forever. I was like the kind Yay. of person my friends when one of them was absent, but like I haven't been like a guest. No one's absent. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> I know. I am honored. <laughs> and I love talking about horror with other people. So that's amazing. Thank well, I'm so definitely much. going to be getting, I've got to sign up to the Patreon of uh, We Are Horror so I can get all of the zines and finally read them now that I have time. My semester is finished, so I'm going to be doing lots of reading. Um, where can listeners find you on social media and your work? Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I am, this is silly, my username is at Tay Parade. Um, it is a long story, but my original username came from uh, a song, but it, Tay rhymes with parade, so that is <laughs> my username um, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, most of my writing is on my website, taylorhunsberger.com. I have not updated in a while, but that is where you can find me. Amazing. So thank you once again. Please check Taylor out on all places mentioned and show some support. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can find me on Twitter at catstead underscore. And to get all the latest from the podcast, follow that on Twitter and Instagram at TGIFpod. You've been listening to TGIF. See you next Friday.